It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is a pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be an amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be terrific. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I will do this every single week. I've been thinking recently about the proper protocol to go through when you want to connect with someone and possibly collaborate with them. The reason this became a topic was because I received an email from someone last week seeking to talk to me about wanting to work with me. The email started innocently enough. The lady told me about herself and what she was working on, then stated that she thought we could work well together. But then she said she was really busy, so the best way to get in touch with her was to hop on her calendar and book an appointment with her. Wait, what? You want me to work with you, but I have to jump through your hoops to talk to you? No, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Then I checked her calendar, and for the next 10 days, over 80% of her appointment times were available, not taken, available. So seriously, if you're going to play the scarcity card, make sure there really is scarcity or it just reflects really poorly upon you. So here's how you should handle something like this. When I'm looking to collaborate with someone, I always acknowledge something they're doing or working on, whether it's their podcast, their book, a blog post, a YouTube video, anything. People are far more likely to work with you if you can prove that you're paying attention to what they're already doing. Then briefly explain what you're doing and let them know what's in it for them. They won't care if it's all about helping you, especially if they don't know you yet. They just want to know how they can benefit from the collaboration. Finally, make it super easy to get a hold of you so they can discuss it further if they want to. And that's it. Acknowledge their good work in the world and show them how they can derive benefit from working with you. If your audience is similar to theirs, it increases the probability of a good partnership. Try it and see how that works for you. So with all this in mind, I do want to introduce my guest. And before I forget, let me give you the call-in number in case you'd like to call in and participate in today's discussion. That number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. My guest this week is Gerald Rogers. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Gerald Rogers is a best-selling author, transformational leader, speaker, and coach. He's helped thousands of people discover their purpose, step into their power, and live a passion-filled life. Gerald is internationally known for his virtual sensation that has touched millions worldwide, the marriage advice I wish I would have had, and his live big breakthrough seminars. Gerald's passion for love, life, and helping others has led him to be featured on the Today Show, NBC, ABC, The Huffington Post, and hundreds of radio shows and blog posts across the world. Recently, he was recognized and featured by Pope Francis in an article entitled, A Man Gives You 20 Tips to Not Get a Divorce. After 16 years of marriage, Gerald unexpectedly found himself going through a very painful divorce and being thrown into the life of a single father of four. His experiences inspired him to help other couples by sharing with them the marriage advice he wishes he would have had. Through his coaching and mentoring, he's on a mission to save over 1,000 marriages. Gerald is committed to leading and inspiring individuals to live big. We will discuss all of this and so much more on today's show. And with all that in mind, here is my very special guest, 
Gerald Rogers. Gerald, how are you? Uh, thank you, Brian. I am doing fantastic today and just so excited to be with you and, and everyone that's listening today and to be able to share this time. And my intention is just to provide as much value as possible. And I hope everyone listening is ready for ready for a good ride because we've got a lot of great stuff to share. Absolutely. We sure do. So here's the first question that I always ask everyone, Gerald. Tell us about your background, your backstory, how this all got going and, and what you learned and overcame and how that brought you to where you are now. Yeah, that's fantastic, and, and that's obviously a big question and where that begins. I'm, I'm not sure where the, where the story begins, but I, I, I've always been passionate about personal growth and personal development. Um, I was first, you know, I first was a real estate investor, and then about six years ago, I, I decided I wanted to start teaching workshops and seminars and began this journey, and, and I think that throughout the, throughout the journey of being a entrepreneur like I've learned so much about about how each of us has a voice and has a mission and has a purpose and sometimes it comes to us in unexpected ways and for me one of those moments was a couple years ago as I was going through my divorce and as I was going through my divorce I I just had to really look and and, and take accountability and say okay how did I get here because I mean no one gets married hoping that someday they'll get divorced. But here I found right. myself after 16 years of marriage. And um, and it's so easy for us to be victims in that situation and blame the other person or, or whatever. But there's no power in being the victim. For me, I realized I really needed to take accountability and say, okay, how did I create this and what can I do different in the future? When the marriage was over, the day after our divorce, I just sat down and I said, okay, well, what did I learn? And what advice do I wish I would have had um, earlier? And I just sat down and wrote out this blog post, and unexpectedly, it it um, you know when I shared it the next day, it just started going viral and ended up being shared with tens of millions of people. And here I was, I was the divorce guy. I was like, I I wasn't looking to be a relationship expert. That wasn't my intention. But sometimes I feel like God has a different purpose for us than we do, and right. so. You know, as I was invited to be on the Today Show and all these other opportunities, it just became really clear that the things that I had learned through going through that deep challenge and deep struggle in my life um, were things that could help others. And I think ultimately for us, when we look at what is our purpose, what is our mission in life, it's to serve others and to help others to live a better life. And and for me, I, I realized that that's something I got to do with, with, my, with my work. And so thus ensued writing the book and all these opportunities to share with people how they can not only have the relationships that they want, but how to have the life that they want in all of these other areas as well. Yeah, that, that is so important. You mentioned in your book, and I read in your bio, that after the first week you had 70,000 shares of this epic post, and you did recreate this Facebook post toward the beginning of your book to lay the foundation, which I thought was really cool. And it serves as the perfect foundation for your book, which we will talk a lot about during the show. How is it that you got from that to the, to, to the Today Show and all these other things? I mean, it probably wasn't something you were expecting or planning, right? No, of course. I mean, how could you, how could you expect that? Um, as that post was going viral, it, it was shared with all these different places, was picked up by the Huffington Post and, and really all across the world. It, it ended up being shared you know, so many times that the Today Show actually called me. They said, hey, you know, we we uh, we heard about this article. 
can we fly you out to New York to be on the Today Show? I was like, um, let me check my calendar. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so it was unexpected, and and I think that happens so often. It's like you you can't necessarily plan for those things, but when that opportunity is there, it's just like, are you ready or not? Exactly, exactly. I I love that. That's really wonderful. So, did the book happen after t- the Today Show? You got you had a yeah. publisher approach you about all this, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it was it was after the Today Show and after all these other experiences that that. I wrote the book, and I had a lot of resistance to writing the book because even at that time, I was like, I, I don't want to be known as a relationship expert. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out myself. Um, mm-hmm. But in the end, I, I started to get these messages from these people who, whose marriages had been saved by this advice I was sharing on Facebook and mm. the things that I was learning. And it really came down to if I could even save one marriage – all the yeah. effort that I put into writing a book would be worth it. And I feel like really grateful because I, I get a lot of messages from people saying that it's saved their marriages and, and it's helped them shift their perspective and helped them wake up to a new possibility. And, and to me, that's it's so humbling to be able to play that role where I think not only just for that couple, but then I think for their kids and for their grandkids and for how many generations are blessed simply because they chose to make decisions because of yeah. something that they read from my book or from, from you know, someplace that I shared my message. Exactly. And I know that, that you, you've mentioned that you were reluctantly thrust into this role. Um, it's interesting how some people will proclaim to be relationship experts, but, you know, they're divorced like you or worse yet, they're single and haven't been in a relationship for a really long time. So how does one legitimately call themselves a relationship expert? Um, yeah, I... I, I it's it's a good question because I don't know anyone that has a perfect relationship. I don't think that's the point. Um, right. But I, I think that I think that if someone is seeking for direction, which I know I was, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of good resources out there where people have good advice, um, and that can help. And and at the end, it's it's this journey of finding out, okay, what is it that's going to help me to create a better experience in the future? And what is the insight or what's the message that will help me see my problems from a new perspective so that I can shift it? And I think that's really the, the game that we're playing is, is all transformation in our life happens through a shift in perspective. And yeah. sometimes, that, sometimes that perspective comes from unexpected sources, right? Um, and, and I also think this, that for those of us that are messengers, uh, those of us that, and I know there's a lot of people on the call that are, are messengers as well. And whether they've written a book or they just still feel the call within the book, or if they're the type of person that other people to come to advise for, I mean, we all have our message, but oftentimes it's our mess that leads to our message. It's that area that we've struggled the most or that we've had challenges that, makes us really hungry to look for answers and, and to look for new insights. And I know that was definitely true for me. It was because of the terrible pain of going through divorce. I was like, I have got to figure this out because there's no way I'm going through this again. And as I started to really do the work of understanding and learning those things, I could see all of those blind spots that I had earlier on. And I, I don't know if I could have seen them without the divorce, honestly. Um, like for whatever reason, that's what w- was required for me to really wake up to these principles 
so that I could step into being the man that I'm committed to being. Okay. And we are just about ready for our first break. My very special guest this week is Gerald Rogers, and he is the author of a really amazing book, and it's called The Merge Advice I Wish I Would Have Had, What Divorce Taught Me About Love and Life. And we are coming up against our break. We will come back right afterwards, and we will talk about what epic relationships are all about and, and answer all kinds of relationship questions that I'm sure that you all have. So we will come right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Don't go away. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Did you know you can quickly grow your business online and offline for free? SmartGuy.com is one of the fastest growing business networks in the world. Managing over 600 city business networks from Los Angeles, California to the country of Bahrain. In just a minute or two, you can add your business and be quickly listed in their global business directory, local business networks, and get a free web page that can actually rank on top of major search engines in as little as one to two weeks. No kidding. Simply go to www.smartguy.com. Fill out your company information and you're set. So add your business for free and find out why everyone loves a smart guy. Smartguy.com. Solovey, we think a person's voice is the most powerful form of marketing, so that's what we want to invest in. While other companies spend billions on traditional marketing, we reward you for sharing Solovey with your connections. We began with a simple idea. A single relationship has the power to make life better for many people. We took this idea and turned it into a company that can make commerce less expensive and even profitable for everyone. We started with mobile phone service because it's something all of us already use, and it's the technology connecting us every day. We put you in charge of what you pay for mobile service. And simply making the switch to Solovey is the first step to spending less. $49 a month for unlimited voice, text, and data. But it gets even better. You can earn money just for sharing Solovey with others. As your network of connections grows, both through your actions and the actions of each person who joins because of you, you can quickly be paying nothing for your mobile service and even make a profit every month. Visit us online at www.social-commerce-now.com to learn more and join the Solovey revolution. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. And my very special guest this week is Gerald Rogers. His book is called The Marriage Advice I Wish I Would Have Had. When divorce, what divorce taught me about love and life, and where you can find me, you can find me on Facebook. I have a, uh, a business page called Success Profiles Radio, so please feel free to like Success Profiles Radio on Facebook. You can find my book on the Amazon Kindle store. It's called Success Profiles: Mental Toughness and Sales, in which I interview Jeffrey Gittimer, Eric Lawholm, and Scott Lopez, and it's all about sales and mental toughness and how we can develop the mindset of a champion so that we can succeed not only in sales 
but in any area of our lives. And, of course, you can find Success Profiles Radio on iTunes. You can download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio for free anytime you'd like. I love it if you would subscribe and download to the show, even leave a review on iTunes. That really helps the ratings. And so I'm very, very glad and grateful for all of you who are listening. If you'd like to call in and ask a question about relationships, that number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. And, Gerald, toward the beginning of the book, you talk about having an epic relationship, and that is an acronym that stands for something. So tell us what an epic relationship means to you. Yeah, so the acronym that I use in the book is having an emotional, intellectual, and physical connection. What it really means is, though, is is really being able to create this deep level of synergy and intimacy within a within a relationship that allows you to feel that fulfillment and passion and excitement, um, and also that growth that a relationship can provide. And it's it's sad how few people are able to experience that. And there's there's a lot of reasons why people don't experience that, but it's, it's something I believe is possible within a relationship when it's really cultivated and invested in, in the right way. Absolutely. And you do talk a little bit later on about how relationships are like a garden, which I love as a metaphor. So talk to us about how relationships are like planting and nurturing a garden. Well, I really love this metaphor. And I really think that this is, um, one of the key metaphors in life is we, we, we get what we invest in. we, we receive this harvest based on the seeds that we plant. And if you, if you kind of think of a relationship of being a plant, you know, in that initial dating experience when you're courting your, your bride or your, the person that you're going to be marrying, um, you take a lot of care of that. And every time you're, like, watering the plant, it's, it's just like the time that you spend investing and growing and nurturing that. And as long as you're taking care of that plant, that plant grows and it's able to grow to the point where it's yielding some very delicious fruit. The challenge that happens in a lot of relationships is people stop taking care of it, stop nurturing it. They stop watering the plant and giving it the sunlight it needs. And then the plant begins to wither and wilt and fade. And they look at the plant and say, well, the plant, there must be something wrong with the plant because it's not giving me the fruit that I want. <laughs> well, it's, you're not taking care of it in a way that would actually yield you that fruit. So I think I think this is like a really powerful metaphor for life because I think one of the core laws to living is is the law of the harvest and and if you want to experience that abundant joyful harvest then you've got to do the work in taking care of that seed, that plant. Absolutely. So here's what I want to ask because you touched on the idea of plants withering and dying just as relationships can wither and die. Why do relationships often not feel as fresh later on as they do in the beginning? What, what is it that happens or changes? Well, we have this interesting part of human psychology where we don't always fully appreciate what we have, right? In the initial stage of courtship, we're filled with all of this excitement and enthusiasm, and people tend to put on their best face when they're trying to you know, win the other person over, and um, and there's a lot of investment, a lot of romance, a lot of taking care of it. But sadly, when people get comfortable, they stop doing those same things that worked to create that relationship in the in the first place. And and you can see this happen in most relationships, where rather than you know constantly courting and investing in the relationship, people just get lazy, and they get lazy in their love, and they stop doing the daily 
opportunities to connect and open up their hearts and share what they're excited about and and to really hear and, and listen to the other person. They stop doing the investments on a daily basis in terms of finding out how to meet their their other person's love needs. They stop doing the weekly date nights. They stop going on the the honeymoon trips where they're they're just together and they're investing and and people just get so caught up in their life where they get busy with kids, they get busy with work, they get busy with all of the stresses around them and they stop nurturing that plant and naturally if you stop nurturing that plant then there becomes this pain and distress function and the other thing that happens is when the other spouse becomes a source of friction and people start being the victim and believing that their spouse is the problem then it almost repels each other themselves from each other where it gets to the point where they don't even want to do the nurturing of the relationship they don't even want to invest in it and so they withdraw their love even more so it's kind of the sad cycle that happens in a lot of relationships where first they get lazy but then it just yeah. becomes easier for them to look outside of the relationship for the fulfillment that they want. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you this: if, if, a, if there's anyone out there in a relationship that starts to, that's feeling like it's starting to go stale or south or wrong in whatever way, what's the first recommendation you make uh, to help couples realign themselves and get back to what was working? So this might sound interesting, but the first step that I recommend for people is not even in regards to the relationship. What I find is most people are unsatisfied, unhappy, they're frustrated in their relationship. But a big part of it is because they've lost themselves and they're not doing what it takes for them to be filled themselves and to find happiness themselves. So the first step I say to have them do is really take inventory of what they're doing within the relationship on their part, what they're doing to nurture their own needs and find their own happiness, what they're doing to find fulfillment and joy and then what they're doing within the relationship to either bring that relationship to a higher level or not. Um, it really begins with having them take a deep analysis yeah. and being what I call a conscious creator. A victim yeah. is someone that's constantly going to blame and believe it's the other person's fault or feel like there's no way to change it. A victim is going to be looking for what's wrong or that rather than what's right versus a conscious creator is going to say, okay, well, obviously this is, this is my garden. This is my plant. This is my relationship. What have I been doing to create this? And how can I make sure that I'm in a space where I can give love, not in a codependent way, but I can give love without expectation. And then what are the things that I've been doing that have violated the relationship in the past? And how can I begin taking actions to really take care of this plant so it can grow? What I really believe is it only takes one person to change the relationship. Yeah. Um, long term, obviously, both people need to be fully engaged, but the change happens with one person shifting and taking accountability and say, okay, wow, this relationship isn't where I want it to be. How do I, how do I begin shifting this and, and changing and how do I begin investing in this again? Yeah, and, and you, you've mentioned, you know, sometimes people do tend to play the victim role. That's a very uh, natural place for people to start. You know, you know why, does, why is this happening to me? Uh, but you talk about a process of inner healing where you become a conscious creator, you become aware of what's going on, and then you deal with it constructively. So, so talk about that inner process uh, of, of healing. Yeah, so, so the inner process, there's, there's four core steps that, that go through this. And, and when people come through my Live Big you know, Conscious Creator workshop or 
one of the other events, like we, we take them through ex an experiential journey to kind of heal from the past and discover what are the broken stories that have led them to where they're at. Um, it, it really, really is this powerful journey of learning how to be conscious and aware. The reality is most people are kind of numb, kind of asleep. They're not willing to really look at how they've gotten to where they're at. So if someone's willing to go through this process, the first step is awareness. And awareness is being able to say, okay, where am I right now? What's really going on? And how did I get here? And a, the deeper level of awareness is, is understanding, okay, what would I have had to believe to be able to create this in my life? Because all of our actions, all of our external world is a reflection of our inner beliefs. And so if that's true, if there's a dysfunction that's showing up in the relationship, there's always a corresponding belief that's creating in that. And sometimes the belief is relationships are hard or relationships don't work out or I always get, I always get hurt in relationships or there's sometimes a belief that says I don't deserve to be loved or I don't deserve to have connection. I'm not worthy of that. And when those are the underlying, underlying conscious beliefs that are happening beneath the surface, then they begin to become manifest in ways that people sabotage relationships and in all these different ways. So, so the first step of awareness is being able to look at, okay, what's the pain? What's the dysfunction? What's the problem within my relationship? And then being able to dig deeper and say, okay, well, what would I need to believe to create that? When that awareness is there, then you step into a power of saying, okay, is this, is this belief serving me or not? And if it's not what you want, then the next step of the process is a process of alignment where you'd say, okay, well, what do I want to create? What is the experience within the relationship or any other area of my life that I want to improve? What is that fruit that I want to be experiencing? Then what are the seeds or what are the beliefs that I would need to nurture to be able to create that? And so if someone's experiencing dysfunction or, or pain in a relationship, then they get to really look at, okay, I want to have more connection in the relationship. Well, what would I need to believe to have that? Well, I need to believe that I'm worthy of having that. I would need to believe that I'm lovable. I would need to believe that it's a priority and that it can change. I would need to believe that my spouse is, is someone that I can co-create this relationship with. And then you start, you start building your new beliefs on that. Sometimes there's a deeper healing work that needs to be done. For instance, if there was significant trauma or abuse or other things that happened, like I recommend that you work with a, a powerful healer that can right. help you work through those deeper issues, those deeper traumas. Um, because until those traumas are, are dealt with and really healed, the dysfunction just keeps happening over and over again. Um, okay. so, so there's something that needs to be done. But after that alignment happens, then you can step into action and accountability to, to really create new results in your life. But it, it's really deep inner work that needs to be done if someone yeah. wants to change the relationship. Okay. And we are coming up against our next break. I can't believe how quickly this is going. My very special guest this week is Gerald Rogers. His book is called The Marriage Advice I Wish I Would Have Had, when Divor What Divorce Taught Me About Love and Life. And we will come back after the break to discuss more very interesting questions about how we can build and nurture our relationships. Be right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. 
This is Success Profiles Radio. Energy Saving Solutions' innovative double green plan enables you to switch to energy-efficient LEDs and other modern lighting with no upfront cost. Modern LEDs are far more efficient than other types of lighting, but for many businesses, schools, and nonprofit organizations, the reason for sticking with the old inefficient lighting is the cost of replacing them. While an old-fashioned incandescent bulb may cost a dollar, LED costs $30 or more, and that's why Energy Saving Solutions has designed our double green plan. Double green allows you to convert to LEDs with no out-of-pocket cost. We'll pay for your new lights, and you'll pay us back with a percentage of your savings. From the very first day that your new LEDs are lighting your life, you'll realize a positive cash flow, and you'll be doing something positive for our environment. For a free cost and energy savings analysis, call Joshua May at 888-620-8133, extension 7082, or visit us online at www.energysavingindustry.com. Business and action plans. How important are they for me to manage? Whether you're an executive, entrepreneur, or maybe you're just someone looking to advance your career and want to be confidently prepared for your future, business and life coach Carmen Carosa can help you remove obstacles and move forward in the right direction. Carmen is known as the real world coach for a reason. His no-nonsense style along with an innate ability to form connections with people gives you a unique opportunity to see higher and further than ever before. We live and work in an ever-changing, complicated world that can leave us with questions about every decision we make. Join host Carmen Carosa, business and life coach, on Forward Motion. Every Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, you will realize dreams and aspirations you thought were out of reach. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Gerald Rogers, author of the book, The Marriage Advice I Wish I Would Have Had. When, what Divorce Taught Me About Love and Life. And if you'd like to call in and ask a question, that number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. And, Gerald, we talked a little bit about uh, this next question, uh, but I'll ask it anyway because I think there's something to explore here. Sometimes we inevitably find things about our partners we don't like because no relationship is perfect. Sometimes there's a temptation to think, well, I have to fix her or I have to fix him. Clearly, this is wrong. No one wants to be fixed. But yet, there are people out there that have that mentality. How can you help people work through that? So there's an interesting space in accountability where we realize that anything that bugs us in another person is a reflection of something inside of ourselves. And it's kind of a deeper level of thinking. And and sometimes it's hard for people to grasp because we're so conditioned to believe that the problem lies outside of us. But one of the things that I've noticed and I believe is that, you know, our our relationships are are the perfect catalyst for growth because we tend to attract into our life Mm -hmm. the person who's most likely to trigger all of our childhood wounds. And when we do the deep healing work on ourselves, then all of a sudden and heal those, those wounded parts of us, then all of a sudden we realize that, 
our happiness isn't dependent upon the other person showing up in a certain way. And as we start to heal those parts, then we realize that we won't get hurt um, by anything that they can do. There's nothing anyone can do to make me mad, to make me angry, to make me sad, or to make me anything else. Like I'm fully accountable for all my emotions. And when I realize that, then it gives me all the power in the relationship. And it gives us the power to say, okay, is this is the way the other person showing up in the relationship? Is it, is it, is it really important for it to change or not? Um, sure. I will say that there's sometimes where the other person may be acting in really destructive ways in the relationship, and part of the relationship is yeah to support each other in growing through that. So I'm not right. saying you should should be content or be okay if if you're a partner is like really doing destructive things in a relationship. I would say if, if you're in a relationship that's abusive, like either like you got to get out of that. Like there's, there's, there's no, no reason to be in an abusive relationship. Like I, that's, those are behaviors that shouldn't be tolerated. Um, but, but on the other hand, um, like a lot of the other things that are common complaints within marriage were, Oh, he leaves the uh, leaves the toilet seat up, or you know the socks on the floor, or you know she, she she's always late for things. I mean, all of those things are are I don't know. It's it's not our job to fix our spouse. Like our job is to appreciate what they are good at and to love them, you know, for not being perfect because they have to do the same for us. Right. Exactly. So, so let me ask you this. I mean, there are issues in any relationship, and in and, and many relationships, there are times where one partner or the other can start to become interested in other people. So how do we recognize this? How do we deal with it before it gets too destructive and too destructive? Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd say that the majority of relationships at one time or another um, experience some form of affair, whether it be emotional or physical affair. Um, and I think that Rather than, um, like, I, I think it's just important to realize that if that if that's happening, like it's it's normal, but it needs to be addressed because it it it's one of the greatest you know causes for pain and dysfunction and disruption within a marriage. Like it's it's very unhealthy for a relationship if you're allowing someone else to fulfill their those needs. There's always a reason for it, though, right? There's always yeah. a reason that it's happening, and I think that it's critical within the commitment of, of a marriage to be able to recognize when your attention starts drifting from your from your spouse or partner and what needs to be done to do it. Like I, I, I believe that couples should have like this foundational rule that says you shouldn't engage with a member of the opposite sex in a way that you wouldn't want your spouse to know about it. So if there's secret texting or messaging or if you're in chat rooms or if you're interacting with with a coworker or client or another woman or another man in a way that you wouldn't want your spouse to know about it. just stop it just mm-hmm. stop it like it's 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 going to destroy the, the marriage the relationship even if they don't know about it like it's going to cause this internal um disruption to the to the intimacy that's possible but if yeah. if that temptation is there, then you really got to figure out, okay, well, what's the need that I have that's not being met? And how can I make sure that I reinvest in the relationship that, that will do it? So it takes a lot of courage because sometimes they're getting, those people are getting so much fulfillment 
from that relationship outside of the marriage that they're not getting within the marriage that, that it's really hard for them to break it up off. But if you want the relationship to succeed, you have to be able to cut the cord and focus that energy back into your spouse. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about the quality of communication in a relationship because I, I know uh, people in relationships or people who have been in relationships where uh, one partner communicates, you know, very gently, very sincerely, and the other partner is really unfiltered, and they say exactly what's on their mind. And sometimes that's not taken very well. How can how how can couples work through communication issues? I think a lot of communication issues happen because we're not really aware of the style or, or needs of the other person, and I think that it begins with really understanding how the other person communicates love and, and what they need to be able to feel understood. Mm -hmm. um, I really believe in the adage that says, seek first to understand, then yeah. to be understood. Um, and within relationships, there's different dynamics between men and women. And so the women tend to, this isn't always true, but the feminine nature is more about communicating and, and sharing ideas and and it's more about emotion and connection and all these things. And men tend to be a little more logical and linear in the way that they describe things and, and connect. And I, I've seen this pattern happen so often in relationships where the woman will have all these things on her mind and all these things she wants to discuss or things that she's frustrated about. And she starts communicating with her man, but her man is his primary desire is to be the hero. And so he wants to just fix things. And so the moment she right. starts speaking, he just offers a solution which completely disvalidates her, makes her feel like she's, she's worthless. Here he is trying to be the hero, but because he's not good at listening to her and validating her, he doesn't realize that the problem that needs to be fixed isn't what she's talking about. The problem that needs to be fixed is she just needs to feel understood. And yeah. so if he can hold space for her and simply say, wow, tell me more about that. Oh, interesting. That must be so hard oh my gosh, I can't believe you had to do that. Like those little phrases that make her feel understood, that's what builds a connection and trust and intimacy in the relationship. Um, but it takes men being able to set aside their ego and, and to be able to really just listen. I, I would say that listening is the greatest skill in communication that tends to be missing in most relationships because people yeah. are so wrapped up in their own agenda and their yeah. own ideas of, of what they want versus yeah. really listening and, and hearing what the needs of their, their partner are. Yeah, and it sounds like what we're talking about is being fully present for one yeah. another. Would that sound right? Yeah, I think that's super critical, especially for women. Like if, if man can be really present for the woman, she'll open up, she'll connect. Like she, she wants to engage in and it creates this gateway for intimacy because she feels like she can trust him. But if the man is so wrapped up in his own mind and so disconnected and running, like she, she feels like she can't trust him because he's not fully there for her. Yeah, absolutely. How, how do you go about being present? Is it about, it's about listening. It's about giving great eye contact. It's about surrendering whatever else you're doing in the moment and just really paying attention. Is there more to it than that? Well, I, th I think a lot of it is just dedicating time and having the intention to be present, right? Turning off the TV, turning off the distractions, turning off the computer, and just sitting or going for a walk or just spending that time where you're really you're curious and you have the intention to connect at a deep level and intention to be present. 
Um, all of us are busy. Like we all have so many things going on. We all have these different responsibilities. But even being present for five minutes and having like a heartfelt conversation or just like listening to the other person and validating them, like that helps build the relationship. But it really become, begins with just having an intention that says, yeah, I'm going to be present when I'm with them. I'm turning off all the distractions because we live in a world of chaos and distraction. So it really requires us to shut off the noise and just be with that person. Yeah, that is that is absolutely super, super critical being present. We've got probably you know, two, three minutes to our next break, so let me ask you a question. We've got two minutes, actually. Uh, let's talk about the importance of spouses giving each other space because it, it's great to spend a lot of quality time together, but there are just times where you just need to be apart, especially if there are kids involved. So how important is it to give each other space, and how would you define giving someone else space? Yeah, I think the only way for the relationship to be healthy is if you have two whole and healthy individuals. And that requires each person to have time to pursue their own hobbies, to do what they're interested in, and to really have time to nurture and, and take care of themselves. So in terms of that, I think it's important that that each person has their individual hobbies, things that they do on their own. I think it's important that each person has a self-care list of things that light them up and, and fill them up. I think it's important that um, couples don't get possessive with each other and that they have the freedom to, to go. And, and when people have that freedom, they choose to want to stay. But if they feel like they're captive, then they yearn for freedom and you don't want to escape that relationship. So in the ideal relationship, both people have that space to pursue what they're passionate about and, and to you know take care of being whole and complete individuals so that they have more to bring into the relationship. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. And it's important that each partner has his or her own friends outside of the marriage because that helps you be whole. That helps you be authentic. It helps you be who you are. And that's really, really so important. We're talking to Gerald Rogers. He is the author of The Very Advice I Wish I Would Have Had, What Divorce Taught Me About Love and Life. And we've been talking a lot about a lot of really wonderful issues, uh, the importance of communication, uh, the importance of getting your needs met, the importance of giving each other space. And I'm going to ask in the next section about how money can be a huge source of stress in marriages. It's so important. How do we get in that place and what are some strategies we can use to effectively deal with it? Money is one of the key issues that are stress indicators in a relationship. So we will be right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now.
inspiration and motivation every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Learn how to maximize your mojo and just say no to the status quo. Get inspired and motivated by a fun-loving coach who knows what it's like to get through this thing called life. With your high on life coach, Audra Irwin, each Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time and 12 noon Eastern. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. Welcome back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Gerald Rogers. His book is The Marriage Advice, I Wish I Would Have Had, What Divorce Taught Me About Love and Life. And so here's a topic that uh, I think women probably might be more comfortable about than men, and it's the issue of being vulnerable. So how do we create a space for our partner to where they feel completely safe being open and vulnerable for their significant other? Uh, yeah, that's an interesting question because I think there's two parts to it. Number one, you like, I think it's a personal decision to choose to be open and vulnerable. Um, mm-hmm. I think we can encourage the other person to do so. Um, but in the end, there's some people that are really insecure and like, it's really hard for them and mm-hmm. they have to get to the point where they're secure enough where they're okay sharing that part of them that, that might feel unsafe. Um, but in general, I think as long as there's open communication and there's not shame based communication, right? There's not communication that says, well, you should be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. And, and if they do say, share something vulnerable that, that you receive it and you don't lash it back at them, <laughs> you know, like if, if they're experiencing a weakness or if they're experiencing frustration and they open up to you, like be willing to like really hold them in that space where you thank them and encourage them to, to share. And, and you realize that you're, you're working together as a team to figure things yeah. out. And as long as they feel that support, they'll be more and more open to being vulnerable and being real. But if you shame them yeah. and make them feel guilty and, and, uh, it's likely that they'll just shut down more and, and just close you off and not, not open up. Yeah. To you. Or especially if you try and harbor a grudge and use it against them somehow later. I mean, you should never use someone's uh, vulnerabilities as a weapon against them. That just never, ever works well. Yeah, so, you know, well, I, I think I think it's a good idea to not, to not use anything as a weapon against the other person. Right. It's, it's true. But sometimes people harbor these grudges and this happened and, and now I'll never trust you because you did this. And you're like, honey, that was like six years ago. Like, what right. do I need to do? Or stuff but but I, I think that we um yeah it's so easy for us to hold things in our little secret closet and just whenever it's convenient we bring them out as as these weapons in the relationship but all of those things violate and and you know push away intimacy from our life rather than opening up intimacy so right. throw all of your weapons away and just invite <laughs> love into your life there i love that all you need is love just like the Beatles said so let me ask you, Gerald, and I haven't asked you this yet. Where can we find your book? So if you go to themarriageadvicebook.com, that, that's where you can go and, and get the book. And you can buy one copy, and it's available on Amazon.com. 
Um, if you if you go there, you can actually if you want to help me on my mission to save over a thousand marriages from divorce and empower thousands more, then there's a special opportunity where you can become a marriage ambassador and buy the books for half price. And then with that, there's also, you know, thousands of dollars worth of other bonuses that you can access, you know, through that as well. So that's the marriage advice book.com. And I really invite you to number one, get this book for yourself, but anyone else, you know, that is married or is thinking about marriage or has been divorced, whatever. Like it's, it's like really powerful information that I know I wish I would have had, but all the messages I get from other people are just like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have known these things earlier. Yeah, and it is really a wonderful book. So I encourage everyone out there to get it and read it and absorb it and practice it. It's really fantastic. So let me ask you this. Money is often a huge source of stress and contention in marriages or any relationship. Why do we get into this place, and what are some strategies we can use to deal with it constructively? Yeah, you know, I, th I think that money is, is a cause of stress in a lot of people's lives, and there's so many different ideas around money, and, and we typically we'll marry someone that has a different background or upbringing around money or a different personality type around money. I mean, there's hoarders, there's savers, there's givers, there's spenders, there's people that avoid money altogether, and so there's all these different things, and people are coming from different socioeconomic statuses, and and money is such a charged topic. And so within a relationship, when so much is dependent upon money, the way you earn money, the way that you spend money, the way that you give money, then naturally it's going to be an area where there's, there's, some, there's some different concepts and ideas. But my philosophy is money is a game. And if it's a game, you and your spouse are part of the same team. And it's your job to figure out as a team, okay, how can we win this game? Now, if you imagine imagine that you were, you know, playing a doubles tennis game, um, but rather than actually hitting the ball, you would just were taking the racket and you were just hitting each other, right? Mm -hmm, There's not much right. chance that you would actually win that game. But you see couples doing this all the time, where they're fighting about money or they're blaming the other person about money, and and there's all this function. Like, how are you going to win a game if you're not playing on the same team? So the first is just having that mindset around okay, this is a game. Let's figure out what are your strengths? What are my strengths? What are our goals? And what are the steps that we can do to, to really win this game? And I think when people approach it from that standpoint and really look for the right education and really you know, support each other in, in reaching the goals, then there, there can be harmony and, and people can get what they want. But sometimes it requires sacrifice. Sometimes it requires you know, you know, postponing the things that you want. Sometimes it requires, you know, um, being willing to negotiate or compromise based on what you want just to, to win at the game. But that's what teammates do. And when you yeah. focus on a team, then winning the game is really not that hard. Um, right. Yeah, that's great. So let me ask you this. If a couple is committed to improving their relationship, what do you recommend as a next step? What, what options are available to them? Uh, I know this is going to sound self-serving, but I, I would seriously say get the book, um, the marriage advice uh, book. Um, and the reason why I say that is throughout that book, there's specific chapters that have exercises that are designed to help build intimacy, to open up conversations, to figure out, okay, what are the weak spots that we need to work on through that? It's really about recommitting and, and getting clear on, okay, well, what, what does an epic relationship look like to us? And how do we create that? What's kept us from having that in the past? And it's just a great 
format to be able to look at all of these different areas that show up in a relationship so that you can have like a meaningful strategy to create change in, in, in the future. It really begins with having a commitment, but then getting the education that you need to be able to do that. Um, and, you know, throughout the book, we've also created a bunch of other bonuses and, and interviews and, you know, audio trainings that you can access. Here's, here's the bottom line. Like your relationship is going to be the biggest factor of happiness in your life. But so few people have gotten the education needed to be successful with that. Commit yourself to mastery with this. Like, if if it's if you want to be happy in the relationship, then figure out okay, well, what would an epic relationship look like, and what would an epic husband do? What would an epic wife do? And really commit to learning the skills and learning the mindset to be effective at that. But it begins with making that choice that says, okay, I'm committed to master this because I want this to be a happy, fulfilling, thriving part of my life. And I'm willing to get the education and willing to do the things. But it begins with commitment to mastery. Then from there, getting the education that's required to, to support you in that journey. Absolutely. Here's a question that I ask everybody, and we're a few minutes away from the show being over, maybe five minutes or so, but I want to ask this question because I ask everybody this question. Who inspires and motivates you? Oh my gosh, I have so many, so many inspiring individuals in my life. Um, I know it might sound a little bit cliche, but Tony Robbins made a huge impact in my life through all the courses that he went through. And he's especially got some relationship courses that are really powerful. Um, and then I'm also inspired by my own parents. You know, I'm inspired by the way that they live. Um, my father just passed away a couple months ago, but he was a man oh. that lived in, in such a space of kindness and generosity and commitment. My parents were married for almost 50 years and, and they were just such a model of, of a couple that was committed to making it work even through the hard times. And mm-hmm. so I'm always inspired by, by the couples that I see, the old couples I see like walking hand in hand and, and, you know, you see that little twinkle in their eyes as, as, you know, they've been married for 60 or 70 years and you think, wow, that's so inspiring to see the couples that, that make it. That's awesome. And here's another question that I thought of that I do want to ask because you do have a chapter toward the end of your book about this topic. How important is forgiveness? You know, I, I, the reality is if you're in a relationship for, for longer than probably two weeks, um, yes. there's going to be some disappointment that you have and the other person's going to do some things that are unhealthy or they're going to hurt you. And, um, especially in long-term relationships, there's going to be some major mistakes that the other person makes. You always have the choice to hold that grudge and, and to keep bringing it up, and you have that choice to carry it as this heavy anchor. But I really think of it as a heavy anchor that holds you back. And this is one of the things I say in the book is don't let your history hold you hostage. If you want to keep that weight and keep that pain and, and keep dragging the future, that's your choice. But if you want to be free, then forgive. Forgiveness is what sets you free, and it's a gift for you and not for the other person. But if you want your relationship to be healthy, whole, and complete, then you're going to have to release all of the things from the past that you've been carrying forward that are, that are blocking you from experiencing that type of intimacy. It can be hard, but yeah, it's absolutely. necessary if you want to be free and if you want to experience intimacy again. Absolutely. We've got less than two minutes to the end, and so let me ask you once again, where can we find your book? What resources are available to help our audience out? 
So yeah, if you go to themarriageadvicebook.com, um, there you can go and you can either sign up and be an ambassador and, and buy a package of books and get them half price, um, or you can just buy an individual book. Um, and through that, there's there's an entire resource site that I've set up. There's thousands of dollars worth of bonuses that include audio interviews as well as exercises and processes and additional um, programs that I've created just to support people on this mission of having them he- create that that healthy, thriving relationship. And and I would really love to support you, um, anyone who's listening, and, and being able to create that relationship because you deserve it. And it's sometimes really, really challenging, but there is hope. And even in the darkest you know times in your relationship, there's an opportunity to make it better. And, um, and my hope is through that book, you'll find those keys that will mm-hmm. unlock that in your life. That's wonderful. Well, thank you, Gerald, for being on the show today. This was really awesome and really great information. I haven't had a, I've not had a relationship-themed show in quite a while, so it was definitely time, and your book came at the perfect time. And thank you so much for being a part of this experience with me today. Thank you. Yeah, so great to be here. Thanks, Brian. Hey, you're so welcome. And once again, uh, you can get that book. It is called The Marriage Advice I Wish I Would Have Had by Gerald Rogers. And you can find me once again on Facebook, Success Profiles Radio. You can find me on LinkedIn. Just look for Brian K. Wright. You can find me on Twitter, at Mr. Brian K. Wright. And you can download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes for free anytime you'd like. And my book is called Success Profiles, Mental Toughness and Sales. You can find that on the Amazon Kindle store. And we will be back uh, next week at 6 p.m. Eastern where I will interview another fantastic guest, and we will talk about uh, success and our journey and overcoming and a great guest every single week. Join us. And in the meantime, you have yourselves a wonderful week. Thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. You have a wonderful week. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to